Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I am thrilled that you found me. And more importantly, I am thrilled that you found Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And as we journey together, we will unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope that you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, folks will delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. And Father, we just enter into your courts with praise and we approach your throne with thanksgiving and open humble hearts. We ask you to cover us with your spirit, filling us with your strength, your peace, and your joy so we can press through to victory today. Reveal your good plans to us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, welcome back, everyone. I hope that you were with me yesterday as we journeyed into Jesus's teachings on fasting, money, and worry. I know my eyes were opened wider. And as the same holds true for today, we're set to look into Jesus's teachings surrounding judging others, asking, seeking, knocking, and the way to heaven. So with that, let's get started by reading from Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. This is Jesus's teaching about judging others. He says, Stop judging others and you will not be judged, for others will treat you as you treat them. Whatever measure you're using in judging others, it will be used to measure how you are judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log from your own eye. Then perhaps you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't give what is holy to unholy people. Don't give pearls to swine. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. Ah, alas, judging others. We all do it, right? Besides, weren't we taught by well-meaning adults to always discern our preferences? True, most of us were taught the value of choices through decision-making. Judging is not a preference, though. Discernment is. Jesus is teaching us to examine our own motives and actions rather than judging others. Sometimes we find ourselves bothered by a trait of another. Oftentimes, we have that very trait within ourselves. And it's interesting how judgment works. The very habits we want to rid in others, we usually are acting out in our own behaviors. And life tends to reflect back to us what we're outwardly expressing. Judging others always stems from a fear consciousness. And we can choose faith or we can choose fear, and all of our emotions stem from these core two, faith or fear. How easy is it for you to magnify others' faults? If it comes naturally to you, Jesus wants to help us to take away that spirit of criticalness. The only catch is that he's waiting for us to sincerely seek his help. It's always easier to pick out someone else's faults and flaws rather than seeing our own. But here is the beauty in judgment. 
when we become aware that we're doing it and persist in it, we'll be given many observations to help us change. And if the same thing keeps being married back to you, it then becomes the area for attention. So we don't need to judge ourselves for judgment and compound it even further. It's best that we adopt forgiveness done out of love for others rather than to judge them. When Jesus tells us to stop judging, he doesn't want us to tear others down like hypocrites do so that we will feel better about ourselves. We're not being taught to overlook others' bad behavior, but we are being taught to be discerners of the truth. And when we judge, we're negative and we're often pessimistic. And an unrenewed mind will judge, but on the other hand, discernment comes from a renewed spirit. And did you know God tells us that it's the Holy Spirit who renews our mind? While it's true we must cooperate, it is the Holy Spirit who's responsible for this transformation. In the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 2, he tells us not to copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants us to do and will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. And isn't judgment a custom of our fallen world? It's selfish and it's corrupt. As believers, we need to draw a line in the sand that we refuse to cross in our relationships with others. We must give grace so that we in turn will be given grace. And on yesterday's podcast, we talked about relational being with other people relationally, horizontally, while we also keep our connection to God vertically. And by doing so, we form the cross. And really that can be seen as a cross of forgiveness, mercy, grace. Now I'm not saying give so that you and me will get, but in God's kingdom, this is how we experience mercy. We forgive, we let go, we move on. Of course, this isn't what our enemy wants. He'll work overtime to remind us of why we need to judge and harbor resentments. But Christians can't afford this time that it would take to do that. We have a mission and a purpose to fulfill. The enemy and his fallen angel army are mere distractions. It is the Holy Spirit who will renew, re-educate, and redirect our minds when we are truly transformed. While we're in the process of renewal, we can keep a positive attitude. By trusting in the Lord, we're like a tree planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season without fail. And the more we obey and delight in the Word of God, the more our lives will produce good fruit. God is our supply of nourishment. When we have the right attitude about judgment, our thoughts will be in tune with Him. And additionally, the law taught that swine were unclean animals. If anyone touched an unclean animal, they were ceremonially unclean. And recall from our podcast a few days ago where Jesus taught about the ceremonial law. The primary purpose was to point the way forward to Jesus. And the principle was worshiping and loving a holy God. So anyone deemed unclean could not go into the temple to worship until the uncleanness was removed. And Jesus is teaching us that we should not allow or entrust 
holy teachings to unholy or unclean people. It is futile to try to teach holy concepts to people who don't want to listen or learn. And this is an area where we're to be discerning and not judge unbelievers. We plant God's word as seeds, and it's important that we recognize where the greatest return on our investment for Jesus is so that we do not waste our time among non-believers and our witness remains effective. So now I want to take a look at what Jesus says out of his teachings on asking, seeking, and knocking. And this comes from the book of Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. And Jesus says, keep on asking and you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds and the door is open to everyone who knocks. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Do for others what you would like them to do for you. This is a summary of all that is taught in the Law and the Prophets. So are you persistent in your pursuit of God? In other words, are you all in or just partially in for God? God wants us to be all in for him. While it's understandable to become discouraged if after a few attempts to develop an intimate, close relationship with God, it didn't go so well or as planned, but dump the plan, regroup. He wants you to try again. Show him he's your number one through thick or thin. He's got your back and he's got mine and he promises to never leave us nor forsake us. And knowing God takes persistence. It takes faith, focus, and follow through. Jesus assures us that when we do this, we'll be rewarded. We're to be determined, never giving up on God. We should always be praying and asking for more of his divine wisdom, knowledge, patience, love, and understanding. He will give us the desires of our heart when they align with his purpose for our lives. And the children in Jesus's example asked for necessary things from their father. Sometimes God knows that what we're praying for is the equivalent to snakes and therefore doesn't say yes to our prayers. He's protecting us literally from ourselves. As we learn who God is by developing a deeper level of relationship with him, We learn what is good to ask for and what to be persistent about, and then we can watch him grant our requests. Jesus shares with us the love that our Father has for his children. He wants to be kind to us and show his heart for us. Our earthly fathers could be kind and giving, yet they paled in comparison. The creator of our world wants to show us his love. And Jesus calls us sinful people to contrast how amazing and loving and holy our Father in heaven truly is. Well, most of us have heard of the golden rule, which is symbolic of humility and action. It's the ethic of reciprocity. Rabbi Hillel Habavli originally offered these words prior to them being cited in the book of Matthew and Luke. The words were not original with Jesus, but he acted them out and taught 
them throughout his entire ministry. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, he says, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law of the prophets. The book of Matthew was saying this is an Old Testament foundational truth spoken through the prophets. And many religions state the golden rule in a negative fashion by saying, Don't do to others what you don't want done to you. But Jesus stated it positively, which made it much more significant. While it's not hard to refrain from harming others on purpose, it's more challenging to proactively do something nice for them. The foundation of the golden rule, according to Jesus, is active mercy and goodness. And this is the love that God shows his creation daily. So now we're going to take a look at what Jesus teaches about the way to heaven. And this comes from Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Jesus says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose the easy way. But the gateway to life is small, and the road is narrow, and only a few ever find it. And in the sheepfold, the shepherd functioned as a gate, letting the sheep in and protecting them. Jesus, in the same way, is our gate to God's salvation for us. He offers access to safety and security for us. False prophets say there are many ways to God, but this simply is not true. There's one way, and that is through God's Son, Jesus. He is the way and represents truth and life. Don't believe all roads lead to heaven. It's simply not true. This is a barrier or a distraction to the truth. So Jesus went on to talk about fruit in people's lives. And in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20, here's what he had to say. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really wolves that will tear you apart. You can detect them by the way they act, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit. You don't pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. A healthy tree produces good fruit and an unhealthy tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, the way to identify a tree or a person is by the kind of fruit that is produced. And false prophets staked their reputations on telling the kings and the people only what they wanted to hear and not the truth. They claimed that their messages were from God and false teachers have always been among us and will continue to be until the end of this age. They're motivated by greed, significance, or just simply a lust for power. Their teachings minimize the narrow gate Savior Jesus and glorify themselves instead. In the book of James, he tells us that if we are wise and understand God's ways, we live a life of steady goodness so that only good deeds will pour forth. And if we don't brag about the good that we do, then we will be truly wise. Our character can be measured in wisdom. 
God has made it clear that his word must be applied to life for success. Foolishness leads to chaos and disorder, whereas wisdom leads to peace and goodness. And this should warn us not to escalate conflict, pass on gossip, or fan the flame of discord. We must continue to speak from a heart of love and sow seeds of peace. This is what the Savior of our world is saying, and it's time we listen, me included. He is both velvet and steel. Good trees consistently produce good fruit, just as good teachers have high moral character and behavior, even when no one other than Jesus sees them. And we can spot a bad tree or a false prophet. We can plant the seeds of good fruit, leaving the harvest open for God. I hope that you've enjoyed today's teachings from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and please consider joining me tomorrow as we finished up this series by exploring Jesus' teachings on building on a solid foundation. And if you're not a child of God, but you're interested in becoming a child of God, spending eternity in heaven and not elsewhere, I would invite you to pray this simple prayer of invitation to our Lord Jesus right now. Just simply repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I repent and turn away from my sins. Come into and take up residence within my heart. I believe your blood was shed for all who believe that you took on the sin of humanity at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And get yourself into a good Bible-based church to surround yourself with other like-minded believers. Now, let me be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision that you have ever made and will ever make. Congratulations and God bless you. And friends, one of Priest Aaron's contributions he left for us is this benediction. So as you go out into the world, allow me to pray this blessing over you from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. And you'll notate that this uh, prayer encompasses six blessings over your life. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk podcast will air on Wednesdays. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories you grew up with. And we'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, how to be joyful, and what love in action looks like and even Sermon on the Mount, and many more. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on a podcast of adventure and exploration of life together. So please consider joining me. And if you did like this podcast, make sure and like and subscribe so you'll get the latest episodes when they become available. And consider sharing it with a friend. And Folks, much of my podcast today was referenced out of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins book. If you found the content inspiring or interesting, you can pick up a copy of that book 
from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes and Noble or Dorrance.com. And if you're truly unable to afford a copy, please write to me and I'll find a way to get a copy into your hands. And if you know anyone who may be interested in this material, please share it with them. And until next time, remember the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. God bless.